Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Oh, praise God. There's no place like home. Good to be home. Uh, ready for some home cooking, speaking of food. And uh, anyway, I found myself on this trip over and over again, just in conversations saying to people, you know, we just got to see what God does. Just got to see what God does. And so our new theme for this time, this month, is simply see what God does. It's not about just our three-week challenge. It's kind of become a mantra here that if we are open and we'll invite God in, he'll fill any space that we open up to him. For those of you that are newer, the whole thing about the nations is a big deal to me because when I was 25, right when I got filled with the Holy Spirit at age 25, I was kicked out of the Presbyterian church. And at that time, I was trying to hear the voice of God and I felt like God said, You're, I've called you to preach and go to the nations. And, and I was like, but I'm an insurance agent, I'm not a preacher. Um, uh, you know, I don't know anybody in the nations and I don't have any money. Was, you know, you can make excuses like Moses and Gideon did. You make excuses why you're not qualified. But I mean, you know, God doesn't answer stupid questions. So it's like, you know, when God calls you, he already knows what you don't have. And here I am, 61 years old, and hit nation number 81. Out of, I felt like God said at 25, you're going to go to at least 100 nations in your life carrying the gospel. It seemed impossible when it was nation 13 and 15 and even 20 and even 50. But here it is. Because if you give your life to God, just see what he does. Just see what he can do to fill every space that you can give him. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 5. I want to weave in a couple of really powerful, important passages. I want to say a big thank you also to the team. I thought Pastor Lindsay, Pastor Gail, Pastor Chris, Pastor Tristan and Kristen did an amazing job of stewarding two weeks. I really want to thank you. Give it up for our team. I mean, they're, they're so good, I know you hardly miss me. So that's okay. That's, that that's actually makes me feel good, not bad, okay? Because the whole thing, if you'd, if you'd known what we, what we went through to raise up a Pastor Lindsay, to what he went through, the changes, the challenges, if you'd known all the things we went through as a team to, to raise up Pastor Chris as he came in as this, this young guy with, with you know, just the, the, the leather jacket and the youth pastor that he was and, all, and our first drummer and Pastor Lindsay showing up, 21-year-old guy, just all the talent in the world but no sense. <laughs> Compared to now, I think even he would admit that. I'm just saying, no, I'm not trying to slap you, Pastor Lindsay. I'm, no, he, he didn't come in as Pastor Lindsay. He came in as Lindsay Seals. We, when we started the church, we were, we were just, God, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. What can you do with it? 
So explain a little bit more as we get in, but let's get into the word. Sorry, PL. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to make sure. They think, they think you walk on water right now or you glow in the dark. And they, it's not true. It's not true. He's, listen, if we had to give out a, if I had to give out an award for most changed in 30 years, it'd be this guy right here. Most changed award, okay? So you see, you're seeing the process of progress but some of, some of you remember him from when he first came in and he was just, we were all a little rough around the edges, okay? So I just wanna say that because that's, that's the whole message of see what God does. He meets us where we are and he uses us in spite of our flaws. Luke chapter five, verse 37. Jesus said, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new Will, the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk the old wine immediately desires the new for he says, the old is better. My friends, one of the biggest things happening right now, what the, these outpourings are happening, but they're stretching us to prepare us to be new vessels. These splashes right now are not the end in itself. Like one man said, the gifts of the Spirit are not, they're they're the gateway, not the goal. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are the gateway, not the goal. We're not just trying to exercise spiritual gifts. We're trying to see lives changed. We're trying to see people encounter God. And in order to do that, you have to be willing to go through the process of becoming a new wineskin. Otherwise, God can't pour out the new wine. <clears throat> Zechariah chapter 10, verse one said this way. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. When it's rain season, you still have to ask for the rain for yourself. When it's rainy season, you still have to ask for the spiritual rain. Ask the Lord, the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Don't just, don't just assume you're gonna get it because it's splashing, because it's coming, because it's pouring out. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Everybody say everyone. everyone. You better be prepared for some everyones that you didn't think were coming. You better get ready for some everyones that you didn't necessarily include in your prayer list. When God is moving, we have to ask him to move in us. Finally, a, a familiar passage I preached it a couple of times this past year, but it keeps coming up in my spirit again and again. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 11 from the message says, dear, dear Corinthians, Paul writes, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. Let's pray one more time. Father, would you come? Precious Holy Spirit, we give you the service afresh. Every aspect, not just the worship, not just the praise. We give you every part of this service, every part of this church, every fiber of this carpet, every part of this platform, every part of the sound and the technology and the streaming that goes out over the internet. Lord, we give it all to you. 
For we are nothing without you. But we can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing which strengthens us. Come Holy Spirit. Saturate us with your presence and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking this year about harvest time. I really sense it's a time to break all artificial limitations because God is limitless. When Pastor Lindsay was talking, I guess it was last week, about um, the fact that people had seen him at this movie premiere that he went to and kept saying, you know, you're still in Ocala? What are you doing in Ocala? You know, it's interesting that people try to place limitations based on geography when God never did. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in a stable in a manger, raised in a place called Nazareth that nobody respected. They thought that was, the, that was Hickville. That was the, 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 the Israeli rednecks came from the Sea of Galilee area. Can anything good come from Nazareth? I always say to people, can anything good come from New Jersey? Because you know, I was born in Jersey. What happens is people get a, a, they start to get preconceived notions about what God can do and where he can do it, how he can do it, and who he can do it through. And I believe he's challenging us in a lot of things simultaneously to break these artificial limitations. Let's think about, you know, one of the ways that TV and movie writers produce comedies is through what they call fish-out-of-water stories. You take somebody uh, out of their comfort zone and you put them into an awkward and unfamiliar situation and you hope that hilarity ensues. You know, one of my favorite shows as a kid, I've talked about it many times, The Beverly Hillbillies. You know, you took these people that are right out of the hills of Tennessee. I have a friend of mine whose family is literally from Bug Tussle, Tennessee. It's a real place. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Bug Tussle. Doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound real. <clears throat> but they, you know, he's shooting at something and finds oil on his land. And so they said, we ought to move to the hills of California. Well, Beverly Hills, of course. And they put him in that place and they live in a mansion. And it's just funny because because you don't get poor uh, uneducated people living in mansions. So it was a funny show. It worked so well, they made it a formula and they made a place called Green Acres. <clears throat> and that was, they took socialite New Yorkers, a uh, lawyer, and they put them on a farm in Hooterville. And so it's just, it's just funny when you get these fish out of war experiences. A lot of times you see those kind of shows and that's what they put him in. Think about any Mr. Bean sketch. You know, he's placed in a situation <clears throat> where he's uncomfortable at church or something like that. And hilarity ensues. I believe right now, one of the challenges of this moment is the Lord seems to be forcing his church out of our comfortable places and focusing our hearts back on his heart. And think about wineskins and becoming new wineskins is... Are you willing to change? Or you just want everybody to jump into what you're comfortable with? Jump into the way you exercise the gifts of the Spirit, the way you were raised. And I'm telling you, I'm going to talk about something in a moment, but I want you to know, we're not looking for a past move to come back again. <clears throat> we're looking for whatever God wants to do now, however he wants to do it. And what I'm trying to do, one of my prayers during worship 
right here before I got up here is, Lord, help me to get out of your way. I don't mind being a leader. I think leadership is a divine call. But the problem is sometimes leaders want to manage everything. And you can't micromanage the spirit of God. You can't micromanage revival. God shows up. There's there's an element of the pull and the hunger of people, and there's an element of the sovereignty of God. It's it's both. Winky Prattney, a great uh, historian, defined revival as a divine attack on society, that God begins to attack or invade all the areas and the ills of society through his people in a way that they don't expect. That's revival. So I want to just make that very, very clear. Every living thing was designed by the creator to live or adapt to a certain climate or an an atmosphere. You were created to abide in a certain atmosphere too. Birds are made to fly in the air. Lions are created to rule in the jungle. Penguins have to be in the cold. And a fish cannot survive for very long on land. They must be in the water to thrive, to live. If you go to a zoo, hopefully you see animals in their natural habitat. Well, humans have a natural habitat as well. And until the fall into sin in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve both walked with God. They hung out in his manifested presence. It was part of their life. It was part of their daily routine. They spent time in the atmosphere of the presence of God. Humanity was born and created to live in the natural habitation of a relationship with God in his manifested presence. Following sin, God covered them with animal skins, indicating a blood sacrifice that would be required to restore their ability to commune with him. Without Jesus, no one can enter his presence. But as the blood-bought children of the Most High, we're supposed to live in an environment full of spiritual power and the dynamic presence of God. You were made... You were born again and filled with God's spirit to to dwell in an atmosphere of his glory. The Bible says that that the knowledge of his glory will cover the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. Just like you see the abundance of water, we're going to see the abundance of the glory of God, the manifestation of the power and the presence of God. I've, I've known it but I'm telling you, it is as real to me now as, as this table. It is, it's empirical now. It's something that we're seeing and touching, but we got to prepare for it. In fact, if you don't experience his presence and power on a regular basis, you'll start flopping around like a fish out of water too. And you'll just hang around for the halibut. See, this is how people get hardened. They get offended at church after they get saved. I'm talking about Christians now. I'm talking about not not just unbelievers. I'm talking about Christians. You get around the people of God. You see humanity. And you get offended. You pull back. And now you're a fish out of water. Because now you're out there on your own and and you start justifying by saying things like, Well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Duh. You you don't have to. 
you get to. But I'll say this, but you have to go to church to be a growing Christian because you're not going to grow. So it, the, see, that's the problem. If you, the moment you think you've already got it, then there's nothing more to get. So now you're not hungry. You're not thirsty. So you don't get filled. But there's something about the dynamic of the gathering together of called out ones to action. Don't harden your heart. <clears throat> Let God come and move. 1 Kings 8, after they built the temple, it says in verse 10, it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. So the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. My friends, we're headed, we've had some of those days before. We've had splashes of revival where, where we were all kind of couldn't talk where we just kind of got out of the way, where we've, we've had times where, we've, where God told me to walk off the platform and let people come up and get prayer and nobody prayed for them. God came up and people were falling out into the power of God and nobody was praying for them. We've had moments like that. We've had moments where we were talking about the, we had a Swedish guy come in one time with revival out of Sweden and he was talking, he couldn't say, you know, he had a little Swedish accent so he kind of sounded like the Swedish chef a little bit and, and he was, he was, he, was, he was a great guy. He was really funny. But he would talk about the water poot. The water poot. God wants to fill you with the, the, the water poot. And we just thought that was hilarious. But next thing you know, the power of God hit. And we spent some time just everybody, I, don't, I can't even tell you. It was just like, you might think it's weird. I'm just telling you, there are moments where God comes in and starts messing with you. And all your little religious routines and said, Who's God here? Who's God here? Let me let me show you who, who's in charge. You want it your way? You want to be you want to be all proper and you want to be all you know, this is in the days when we wore suits and ties, man. We were we were kicking our shoes off, putting our ties around our heads. We looked like drunk Rambo. I'm just telling you, you gotta get to the place where you stop limiting God. <clears throat> there is an available atmosphere like that cloud out of 1 Kings 8. There's, a, there's an available atmosphere like that today where the Holy Spirit is welcomed and Jesus is honored. I know they told you, the leaders told you about the strings of authentic revival right now at Asbury, but it's now spread over 35 campuses. And they're saying that one of the things that's happening right now is the, the carpet has been ruined because the carpet has stayed damp from all the tears that have been tried for our nation. A little town of 680 or whatever it is, 20,000 people showing up in Kentucky a couple weeks ago. Now the people in that university, they started getting calls from the parents. What about my kid's education? I can understand it if you're paying large amounts of money from your savings account to get your kids educated. And they're talk, talking about, you know, I'm not going to class. I've just been crying for two weeks. <laughs> I might be a little upset too, but now, so that, so now man is involved. They're saying, well, let's pull back. And it's not necessarily a spirit-filled um, school even. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> that God used a little Methodist school or whatever it is 
They've been through splashes before. See, here's the point. We got to get to the place where we're just available. Catherine Coleman said this great quote years ago. I never forgot it. God is not looking for golden vessels. God is not looking for silver vessels. God is looking for available vessels. Are you available? Are you available to look foolish? Are you available to... uh, They said the best ability is availability. Are you available just to flow? Just to get past what everybody else thinks about you? To stop. Listen, when God is moving, I don't know what all's happening in Asbury and these other colleges now where these young people are experiencing God, but I'll, I'll bet you something. Who's got your cell phone I can borrow for a second? Can I borrow that, Madeline? Thank you, ma'am. Oh, that's a nice one. Thank you. <clears throat> I'll bet you the revival doesn't look like this. Or I'll bet you it doesn't look like that. Thank you, Madeline. Why? Because when you're caught up in the presence of God, you're not just trying to show people you went. You're not trying to show people, you know, I, yeah, I got another trophy. I got another selfie. I got another picture. When God is in the room, in his glory, in his manifested presence, you're not going to be able to hold your phone. You're not going to be able to worry about it. God's children thrive in the river of God. In the river of God, I'm not trying to define as something that happened 25 years ago. But the river of God is the divine flow, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Corinthians that he is making us a habitation of God in the Spirit. He's making us a habitation. That means a natural habitat. That the days are coming when you're gonna sense God a little more easily than you have in the past few weeks, months, or years. Where you're gonna be able to just say Jesus and his presence is gonna fill you again. We thrive in the river. We thrive in the living water. I love 2 Corinthians 3.17 from the Amplified. Now Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amplified says emancipation from bondage and true freedom. That's the deliverance we sang about earlier. Drug addicts being healed, being set free. People being set free from sin and sickness and cancer and disease and divorce and sexual immoralities, all these things. In the presence of God, yokes are destroyed, burdens are lifted, the anointing oil moves, but we have to place a high value on the presence of God. This whole month, we're gonna talk about revival. We're gonna prepare for it and the power to transform culture through reformation. Interesting to me that in all this timing of this, the last few weeks since February 8th in Kentucky, last weekend, the Jesus Revolution movie came out. I think my wife already talked about it maybe a little on Wednesday night. We saw it Tuesday I got back on Monday night and we, we went right out to the, to the movies the next day to see this movie. I couldn't wait to see it. <clears throat> and um, for those of you who don't know, it's a historical film. It's a true story, a story of Greg Laurie, 
uh, a great uh, pastor in Riverside, California, even today. But uh, there are certain things. I'm not going to tell you the, I mean, it's history. I'm not going to tell you all the little surprises, nuances, and things that made me cry. But I'm going to tell you a couple things. And if you haven't seen it, I don't, I don't recommend, um, I think Pastor Lynn said last week too, but <clears throat> I don't recommend Christian movies very often. Because a lot of the, the past movies, the Christian movies, were just cheesy. They were low budget, poorly written, poorly acted, poorly shot. This ain't that. This is Kelsey Grammer and a great cast of people that were genuinely interested in seeing God honored. In the summer of 67, <clears throat> I was six years old. I was living just new to Florida. My dad was a news junkie, so he would turn on the news every night and we'd watch, you know, stuff about the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., the assassination of Robert Kennedy. Um, the Vietnam War was on the news every night. Unrest. And suddenly you had this combination of leaders in the older generation, a guy named Timothy Leary, who was sent from the pit of hell, a Harvard professor kicked out of Harvard for developing something called LSD in an attempt to find the divinity within. If you, look, if you read about Timothy Leary, he was looking for a new paganism. He was looking for a, an experience to get people to find God inside without going through Jesus Christ or the cross. So he developed this acid trip for people and he went around the whole country giving it away. The Summer of Love, 1967. Haight-Ashbury, the district in San Francisco where the Grateful Dead and a whole bunch of people came on the scene. And it was a cultural cataclysm. It was a, it was a, it was a cultural craziness. You, you had uh, on the East Coast, <clears throat> you had the festivals and all things happening up in New York. You, you had all these different things going on in the country. And all of a sudden, young people suddenly felt this urge to come together and congregate around sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or as Timothy Leary put it, turn on, tune in, drop out. But then something happened. Some of the heroes of the movement began to overdose. Janis Joplin died. Jimi Hendrix died. <clears throat> Other things started happening. And in the movie, Lonnie Frisbee, real, real guy, was a hippie who got saved in the middle of that stuff in San Francisco. And then Kelsey Grammer plays Chuck Smith, who was a pastor of a little church that... Um, the church was kind of dying or dead. And yet he'd watch the news and he'd yell at these hippies, you know, like, take a bath, put on some shoes. And he made some comment. I don't know if this is true or this is the Hollywood version, <clears throat> but he basically said, I wish God would send me a hippie that I could ask him why they're doing that stuff. And in the movie, at least, his, his daughter, who's a grown, grown young woman, picks up a hitchhiker who's a preacher, but is also a hippie, brings him to the house, and hilarity ensues. 
very powerful. Um, the things that hit me, the first, the first confrontation was with himself. Second confrontation was with the board, the elders of the church, who said something like, <clears throat> these hippies are ruining our church. They are destroying our carpet with their dirty feet. That's a true, that's true, that's a true story. And Chuck Smith said, okay, I'll take care of it. They thought he's gonna keep the hippies out. He started washing their feet. And saying, okay, you're ready for church. You're welcome. And something that hit me strong was this, that Lonnie said to Pastor Chuck Smith, don't you realize when you see all this stuff out there going on in the world, they're looking for God. They're just looking in the wrong places. But they're looking for God. <clears throat> in the moment... Chuck Smith embraced them and said, come on, you who are weary and heavy laden. Those of you thirsty and hungry, just come. Everything opened up. When you see him getting baptized in the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, I embarrassed my wife because I just sobbed. I just sobbed. I thought about our generation because we get so upset at all the political things and all the stuff going on with trans this and alphabet that and all the stuff going on. Is it possible that the hippies of our generation are the sexually confused and their immorality is simply acting out looking for God, looking for Jesus, looking to encounter him? And instead of getting angry with him, I'm, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not talking about condoning the spirit. Chuck Smith didn't condone the, the stuff they were doing. <clears throat> he has invited them in to find God. People are looking. And it's probably not the people that we think are looking. They're looking for the truth. Isaiah 43 says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. My friends, God is doing a new thing. He's pouring out new wine, but he can only do it in new wineskins. A fresh wind of the Holy Spirit is coming. And there are moments we have to take risks of faith. I'll finish with a couple of quick stories. And then I'm done. In 1 Samuel 14, 6, Jonathan and his armor bearer get separated from the rest of the army and he didn't get a chance to talk to his father, the king, King Saul. And he just said, <clears throat> I wonder what God would do if we just go down to the enemy's camp and take him on ourselves. Verse six, Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come, let's go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us 
For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, do all this in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. My friends, there's got to be an element of let's just see what God will do for us. As PL said, why not us, why not now? Let's just see. Let's just see if we're, if we're seeking him, if we're going after him. I don't mean just when you come to church on Sundays. I mean, let's see what happens if everybody will be empowered today to go home and to, and to ask God, make this house, not this house, this house, this house, your home, the dwelling place of the spirit of God, the place where God is welcomed, the place where God can move. How many of us are willing to pay the price for real revival? Actually, the number doesn't matter because he can really do it by many or by few. This church in Southern California and Costa Mesa wasn't big. It was small. Just a handful of people left. But they changed the world. That's the see what God does mentality. The Christian life is supposed to be full of adventures with God. Not you getting nervous because somebody spoke with tongues or somebody didn't speak with tongues. Not get you getting nervous because somebody fell on the floor or they didn't fall on the floor. All that stuff is the extras. It's all the, there are things that God wants to do, but we can't let our minds, our limited minds keep us from the limitless God. Let him move. Let Every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. Let God do something. We, we need him to do something. We, we implore him to do something. The Christian life is supposed to be adventurous, not a safe zone, not hiding inside the church buildings afraid of the darkness. We're supposed to possess the land. Lord, forgive our small, limited, fearful thinking. Don't just watch on the sidelines, but experience Jesus Christ. Be willing to experience him now and in your car on the way home, and after lunch, and after golf is on TV or whatever you're watching this time of year. God can move if you give him space. You never know what God can do with your simple obedience. I'll finish with this story. When I was in Macedonia a week and a half ago, the, family, the couple there Pastors there, the wife used to work for Samaritan's Purse out of the U.S. to do aid for uh, Franklin Graham's ministry in Macedonia. And she was telling me that they went a, a couple of years ago to this little remote Muslim village along with, uh, they took shoes and shoe boxes and then they took kids' literature, kids' books with illustrated Bible stories about Jesus. They were told that they couldn't give out the shoes they brought if it was gonna, if they were gonna demand to give out the children's books. They said, there have to, we have to get approval from the tribal elder, who is our, the oldest man in our tribe, he's 90 years old, we have to get his permission. So they were a little bit nervous as they went to this 90 year old Muslim leader and they gave him the booklet to look over and much to their surprise, he got choked up. 
And he said to his tribe, to his little community, this is what we need. This is what we've been waiting for. He said as the 90-year-old elder to the rest of the community, the whole village, you don't know this, but our whole village had been Christian until Muslims showed up when I was a little boy and offered to pave a road so we could connect with with other cities and have progress in our community. They offered a paved road, but only if all the people would convert to Islam. So they were all Muslims, but none of them had their heart in it. They changed their religion out of expediency toward what they thought was prosperity. I wonder how many other communities like that around the world that were forced to be Muslim at the edge of the sword. But no hearts were changed. He then, to the shock of the team, advised the whole community, take these books home and begin reading these Bible stories to your children every night and you're gonna find out what you've desperately needed all along. Revival happened in a tiny little forgotten Muslim place because Jesus is alive and his gospel will go forward. My friends, 41 times the phrase new wine is in the scriptures. And you can read every book and blog on surfing. Become an expert on the technique, study all the ins and outs of surfing and never get, a, get on a surfboard and never paddle out into the ocean. You can do that if you want to. I'm ready to surf. I'm ready to ride the wave of God. You supply the faith and obedience and let's see what God does. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your time. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your word. I ask you to open us up to the possibilities of the Holy Spirit. Help us as we saw the scriptures implore us to live openly and expansively. Lord, make us new wineskins, flexible and pliable. Lord, enlarge our capacity as pure vessels ready for the new wine, the fresh outpouring of your spirit and your love. I'm going to have an invitation right now that you may not expect. How many of you, if you're willing to change, if you're willing to become comfortably uncomfortable, I want you to lift both hands high up in the air. If you're not, don't just do it because everybody's doing it. If you're willing to change and to grow, put both hands in the air and keep them open. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see the hearts of your people. Father, help us to change. Help us to grow. Challenge the status quo. Challenge the routine. Challenge the going through the motions. Challenge us in our homes. Challenge us in our hearts. Challenge us with your love. Challenge us with your passion for lost people. And come and move, Holy Spirit, however you want to move. Have your way. Lord, we're willing to have our carpets dirtied. We're willing to have them wet with tears as long as it's real, as long as it's not hyped up, as long as it's not controlled or whipped up by man. We just want you. 
Jesus. We just want you, Father. We just want you, Holy Spirit, to come and have your way in us. Fill us up once again. Empty us of all of our preconceived notions. Forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for judging others. Help us, God, to be open for those you're about to bring in. We know there needs to be order. We know there needs to be peace. We know there needs to be unity. But Lord, don't let anything or anyone mess up or stop what you want to do. Invade us. Invade Ocala. Invade Bellevue. Invade our whole surrounding area. Invade Marion County. In the name of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, this is the moment you can get saved. If you don't know, listen, here's the thing. You gotta be at the end of yourself and the end of your sin. Maybe you're here and you're saved, but you're still struggling with all this bondage and all this bombard of stuff. Pastor Lindsay talked about earlier, mental health stuff. Mental health stuff doesn't just mean you feel depressed. Mental health stuff means you're being bombarded in your mind instead of having soundness of mind, peace of mind peace of heart I want to pray for you real quick I know we're running along today we're not going to do this forever but I just I'm willing to do whatever God says whenever he says to do it if you're struggling in an area where you just keep going through the same old circle same old routine same old cycle and then you beat yourself up because you messed up again it doesn't matter if it's little or big. It doesn't matter what area it is. We're not trying to embarrass people here. I'm trying to tell you at home, connecting with us online, wherever you are, there's a moment of truth where you got to say, I've had enough. I need more of God. I need more grace. I need more power. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. I receive that word. If you're here today and you yeah. need freedom in any area of your life, I want you to stand up on your feet yeah. right now. Just stand up right where you are. You're struggling. I just you're struggling. want you. You're struggling. It's okay. And nothing else. We want you, Jesus. And nothing else. We want you, Jesus. Nothing else will do. Lord, set your people free today. I just want Set your people free. And nothing set else. Set your people free. And Nothing else Just sing something over them. You got something to There's freedom. There's a freedom. Just want you, Jesus. There's a freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. There is freedom. Lord, for every person that's standing, would you come, Holy Spirit? Standing at home, standing in the room. God, would you come and move from the top of their head to the soles of their feet? We come against every assignment of hell, every generational curse, everything that's tried to hold them back, every time everything has tried to keep them broken. Lord, restore marriages, restore mental health, restore emotional health, restore the ability, restore the strength, restore, restore, restore. God, move, we pray. Keep us out of the way. Just help. 
We're desperate for you, Jesus. Those of you standing, just reach out to him. If he doesn't do it, we can't do anything. But he's moving right now by his spirit. He's moving right now. Holy you, Jesus. He's moving right now. Only you can heal. Only you can set us free, God. So we reach out to heaven now. We reach out to heaven now. Yes, yes, only yeah. you, Jesus, only you, only you, oh, only Jesus. you, only your power, Lord. I just want to love and nothing else. And nothing else. Let the new wine flow. Nothing Let else. The new freedom pour out make us new wineskins I think that's everybody needs to lift your hand that lifted him a few moments ago just say Jesus make me a new wineskin just make me new make me new help me to get over all my hang ups all my stuff all my religious baggage. Help me, Lord. Make me a new vessel. Clean, pure, and ready. In Jesus' name, amen. If you got some, you can take your seats. If you got some, they put your hands together and praise him. Praise him. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.